This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Now we have John Chachis, a leading uh, investment banker in the media business, and who better to ask what the heck is going to happen with Twitter? Is it gonna, is the deal ever going to happen? John Chachis, tell us. How are you, John? Yeah, I think this deal happens. I think the fact that you have a guy who has capital and who showed up with his money and has said, I have financing, and you have a, a real negotiation with the board of directors the way it's supposed to happen, and the board recommends it, um, you know, I guess it's possible that, that the stockholders look at a an offer of all cash at a premium to market and say, nah, I don't want his money. I don't think so. I think they take the money and they sell. I think he owns the company. Wow, that uh, that's uh, that, that's something because he's getting opposition. His Tesla stock is under attack. It was eleven hundred dollars a share. It's down to eight hundred something, yep. and so the people that are part of the woke culture are are attacking that way by selling. And oh, no, I don't know. I don't. Wait, hold on a second. I'm not sure that that's right, John. I think okay. that one of the things that people. I think one of the people people are one of the things people are presuming is that most guys don't have laying around $50 billion. Um, and they're going to have to come up with a, um, a way. He's going to have to come up with a way to finance this. So what's the most logical way? He's going to take some piece of his shares of Tesla and he's going to pledge them or he's going to sell them. So what's happened is the market has made certain suppositions about how Elon Musk is going to come up with his money. And they have assumed that some piece of his Tesla holdings are going to have to become liquid, which puts pressure on the shares. So what? I mean, when you're a guy that's worth what he's worth, the idea, the idea that he can uh, uh, sell some of his Tesla shares, I mean, you know, in the end, I don't know if that's going to really matter. I think if this guy's made up his mind he wants to own this asset, he's going to buy it. I, I mm-hmm. think he has courage enough that you're exactly right. And they'll open up free speech to uh, again. Then I, I understand the Disney company is under attack and there's rumors that the old chairman might want to come back. The stock has gone from 190 down to 115, and there's rumors yeah, that that, that uh, uh, other companies are uh, are fighting. Well, look, I think that they're. I think the question about Tesla, uh, the question about Twitter, is whether the traditional folks in the media who have been part of a particular leaning sentiment about how things should be reported now fear that Twitter will not be a platform that edits out everybody with a conservative political philosophy. I think it scares the living hell out of them, and it probably should. I mean, look, Elon Musk is a, an iconoclastic, odd guy. Today he sort of tweeted something about, well, maybe I should you know, buy Coke and put cocaine back into Coke. He says things that most people don't say who are chairmen and CEOs of big companies, and he doesn't care. Um, and in the end, that probably threatens a whole bunch of people who think that Twitter was only on their side of things. So, you know, Twitter is, is, is a democratization of broadcast. It gives everybody the ability to spout their – I mean, most of the stuff that's on there is just garbage. You can't spend your time reading it. But the fact is that it's now going to be a platform that's not going to be um, warehoused away from conservatives, and it's not going to be quietly in the pocket of the political left. I suspect square, scares the hell out of the media. John and who, who's next? Is it is it is Facebook? Does the 
the value of Facebook has already gone from what eight hundred, nine hundred billion down to what three, four hundred. Well, all of the technology stocks have been under. I don't. I haven't looked at the, today's market cap of these things. All of these technology stocks have been under tremendous pressure. Um, I think that they had gotten ahead of themselves in some manner. So you know, who's to say? You saw Netflix, which at one point had a seven hundred dollar share that today is in the hundreds someplace, having lost sixty five, you know, sixty percent of their value. I mean, Netflix is a spectacular company. It's a great company for what it does. It's gotten mature. Does it make any sense for the market to sell it off that way? I, I don't think so. So you know, getting too getting too excited about what the market does on any one day or week or month, I, I, I you know I'm too old. I don't do that anymore. But as for Twitter, <laughs> I, I, I think as, some of these companies Twitter, were overvalued anyway. Well, they, they were. were. Just, but you know, but but Twitter. The great thing about Twitter, it's now in the hands. It's pretty hard to say Twitter's not going to survive. It's in the hands of the richest person on the planet. And he's going to invest in it to make it a success. I think that's terrific for the stockholders. How could anybody complain? Well, John, John Chachas, and now we're also already seeing some of the effects of Elon Musk buying Twitter. You've heard of shadow banning. It's basically when somebody's uh, tweets, they're not as visible as they should be. And so a lot of uh, people's uh, following counts have gone up. Even Greg Kelly, a host here at WABC Radio, he's seen his uh, count go, his Twitter followers go up. So has Tucker Carlson. So has Donald Trump. Junior, uh, what do you th- is this kind of like a, a reckoning for the this kind of radical left and uh, kind of an <laughs> you know, opening I think, of? I think, uh, I think it's hard to know what's gone on in any of these companies, but but I think it's a healthy thing when you have somebody who says that he is an you know a free speech absolutist. There is going to be stuff now. I think he's going to face some real challenges because the truth is no one should want a broadcast platform where people are spewing lies. No one should want a broadcast platform where people are spewing hateful, destructive things to society. How you how you navigate that, how you manage that is a very difficult task. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Jack Dorsey did it so well. I think Elon Musk is going to have his hands full trying to figure out how to do it. Um, but on your point about the political left, I want to change topic for a second and bring people's attention to this decision that was written up you know, yesterday in the, the, the Court of Appeals in the state of New York, which there's an article today on the cover of the New York Times, left-leaning but extremely well-regarded um, uh, journalism uh, source, pointing to the absolute slapping that the political left and the Democratic Party in New York got with respect to the redistricting of our congressional districts. I personally think that decision – is sort of akin to the Pentagon Papers in terms of its relevance to democracy. I, I think this decision was incredibly, incredibly powerful and important, stopping a, a, a left-leaning progressive state where the redistricting process was, grew, was viewed as capricious and unconstitutional. And it wasn't just you know a bunch of judges who were on the wrong side of the aisle not liking it. This was a an on-bank group of judges, all appointed by Democratic governors, absolutely smacking what was done. You're 100% right. John, it's uh, it's Richard Weinberg. You and I had the opportunity to discuss this issue this morning at the office, and I said to you, I believe that this is the the beginning of a whole new way of looking at at redistricting. I think there's going to be a whole phenomenon where there will be more and more states creating independent districting commissions and taking it away from legislative uh, gerrymandering. I think this sends a message to all of these radical legislators that are trying to make everything a one-party state. What do you think, John Chachis? Oh, I think it's, I think it's a fantastic decision and that I have enormous 
uh, gratitude for the judges who had the courage. Because it would have been so easy just to sort of roll over and let this crap go on. And I think it has implications for this fall in November. The Democratic Party had these you know, there were about eight seats that were being redistricted, where four of them would have been absolutely Democratic seats. I'm sure Nancy Pelosi and her folks were counting on those in their column. That's done. And I think it's incredible that the judges wrote this in such a way where they, as, 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 as Judge uh, as Richard just said a second ago, you know, this has been appointed now to a special master to actually do the process away from the political hacks. Um, trying to mess with it, you know, it's a great it's a great day for America, where Absolutely. where where the process actually is back to districts that should be close to the people who elect their representative. If they don't like the representative, they can throw the representative by the people out. for the people. Mm-hmm. I think this was the right decision, but I caution everyone that even the decision itself is being politicized in some ways, because you have states right now like Ohio and Kansas and uh, Oklahoma who have very similar districting patterns, and I would hope that the courts in those cases cases take the same uh, path. Well, but we how agree. about Illinois? I hope, I, hope, I hope they do, too. And by the way, if, if some of those courts are, are, are in states that are red-leaning states where, where the behavior of the legislature was to do the opposite, the exact same thing ought to happen. Fair and square right. to Absolutely. everybody. Exactly. Fair and square to and everybody. Right Every American. Illinois, you're on. Every American. Illinois. Don't forget the Democrats in Illinois. Illinois? Yeah, that, that's my wife. Illinois made a lot of noise. They, their noise, John and John, was that they were going to have a fair but redistricting. The difference, Your Honor, is that they in didn't. Illinois, the people who are rendering the decisions are deceased. <laughs> well, that's fair. That's fair. John Chatches, we're out of time. We've got to take a quick a break. Thank you, John Chatches, and we'll have you on again soon. Uh, keep up the good work. Thank you for your brilliant insight. <laughs> Thank you. And we're going to take a break, and we're going to come back with Judge Weinberg. He is very emotional about the redistricting plan that went on yesterday. And I and also have a question for him. A 17-year-old kid who's accused of shooting somebody, killing that person, also held up his mother at gunpoint, was let out free, and I want to know why. Stay tuned to WABC, and at the end, we're going to have Dr. Mark Siegel. Mark Siegel. Let's uh, go take the break. <laughs> 